Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon Church. It's so very good to see you all this morning. We are continuing our series about navigating a turnaround. A turnaround. That Sandy Ridge accent came in right there. Navigating a turnaround. Anybody in here ever been at a place in your life where you realized the way you were going was not working for you or anyone around you? Anybody ever been in that place. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you don't hear anything else I have to say, through Jesus Christ, God makes a turnaround possible for you. There's no such thing as a dead end. The cross ended that for us. There is no such thing as a dead end because the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead made sure that whatever dead end you are facing in your life is not the last word, but the power, hope, and grace of God offering you a new life and a new way of doing things is available to us all. Amen? Amen. And some of us need to be reminded how to live like that, right? Some of us in this room may not even know that we need a turnaround. Some of you, I love you so much, but you've been living a life of following Jesus complacent and comfortable. You don't even know that God is ready to offer you a new and more abundant life because you've been going through the motions for so very long. So we're going to talk about this 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 morning anybody in here a fan of super mario brothers anybody everybody's played if you anybody not know what super mario brothers is it's like a nintendo game so my six-year-old son david got a nintendo switch for christmas it's this little video game thing and it can be handheld or go up on our screen and chris was so excited about david chris my husband was so excited about david our six-year-old getting this nintendo switch and the very first game that he bought David to play on this Nintendo Switch was Super Mario Brothers. We are millennials, y'all, through and through, right? Um, so David, you know, starts playing Super Mario Brothers, and he gets through level one. But let me tell you, Chris is like begging David, like, David, can, we, can I be Luigi? Can we do like two players, you know? And, and David's like, no, I'm doing this all by myself. I'm doing this all by myself. So he goes through level one with absolute minimum effort. You know those coins that Super Mario can collect? Passes right through him. Doesn't even try to like jump up and get him. The blocks that give you like extra life and extra power, David just runs right through it. He just completes level one with the bare minimum. Anybody here, um, I'll just let you know, my husband does not do anything bare minimum. So he's watching David do this and he is like, you know, kind of crawling through his skin. Um, so David gets to level two, right? Gets to level two. He has no extra lives. He has no extra power. He has no coins. And he doesn't really know or understand how to jump or do anything because he went through level one bare minimum. So he winds up frustrated, angry, mad, like, I don't ever want to play Nintendo again, right? Because he doesn't know how to do level two, because in level one, he did the bare minimum, right? So level two, he cannot pass it. So he finally says, Dad, will you please play with me? And Chris is like, nope. <laughs> Not unless we start back at the beginning, <laughs> right? We're going to go back and redo level one full steam. Like, we're, I'm going to teach you how to get all these things and 
level up, so we're ready for level two. And he is uh, now playing Mario Brothers very successfully and often asks his dad, continues to ask his dad for help. Um, my son, uh, this was not in the sermon notes, but I'll tell you that he watches YouTube videos about like how to do Mario cheats now. Chris was real proud of that, uh, <laughs> that moment. <laughs> uh, but we love, uh, we love Super Mario Brothers. So for those of you that don't know, I was a teacher before I was a preacher. And so I just want to remind you, we, we're just going to sort of go through the steps of level one that um, David did. The first thing is that he wanted to do it all by himself. Anybody in here doing life all by yourself right now? You know what you have the energy to do when you're doing life all by yourself and you're not, you're not trusting your life with God, you're not living your life in a community of people who love you and will help you love God and love others. Do you know what happens when you start living your life by yourself? The same thing that happened to David, you start living life with the bare minimum, the very bare minimum, and then, and then you live your life frustrated, empty, and exhausted because you don't have any purpose because there have been things in your life that you have just barely scraped by. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you'll turn to Jonah chapter 3, we're going to talk about somebody else who decided in their life they could live without God. They started living their lives by themselves. Jonah, does anybody know what happens in chapter 1 and chapter 2? The word of the Lord comes to Jonah and speaks to him and asks him to live his life differently, to move from where he was and go to a place where people were hurting, where they were exhausted, where they were desperate for some kind of good news, some kind of new life. And do you know what Jonah does? You know what Jonah does? He could go to the desert in Iraq, which is where Nineveh was, or he decided to live his life by himself. So you know what he does? Hops on a ship and heads to the beach in Spain. Not a bad idea, right? But he's living his life by himself, doing the bare minimum. On this boat, on this boat, Jonah goes down to the bottom of the boat and he falls asleep. He starts living his life complacent. He eats, he sleeps, and he just hangs out in the bottom of the boat. Some of us this morning are living our lives like like Jonah did in chapter 1. We are living our lives with the bare minimum. You're eating, you're sleeping, maybe you show up for church, maybe you pray. We're living our lives with the bare minimum. And then this storm comes. Our actions, when we start living our lives, not leveling up and not doing what God says, it affects our lives and the lives of people around us. All these guys are on a boat and they're like, there's this terrible storm. And Jonah's like, oh, I think I might know why there's a storm I didn't do what God asked me to do. And they're like, get this guy off the boat, right? We don't want to deal with his mess anymore. When you start living your life with the bare minimum, not sacrificing or going on an adventure with Jesus, this is what happens. There's a storm that you cause in the lives of other people, and they are like, I don't want you anymore. And you find yourself, what happens in level one, when we're living our lives at level one? We find ourselves all by ourselves, and we are frustrated and exhausted because we're living without any purpose in our lives. Jonah had one purpose. Tell people about the good news of Jesus. Help them to see what they were doing, or the good news of God. Help them to see what they were doing 
wrong and go tell him and offer him a new way to live. That was his only thing that he had to do. But instead, he sleeps through his life and lives complacent and he winds up frustrated, exhausted, and in the whale of a belly, uh, the belly the belly of a whale. Uh, sorry that I messed this up. So then he prays to God, like, rescue me from this mess that I've created. He basically says, I want to level up. Okay? Some of you this morning are ready to pray, God, I'm tired of the bare minimum. God, I'm tired of living my life alone. God, I'm tired of showing up to my job to my family, to my life, frustrated, empty, and exhausted because I don't really understand my purpose. Save me from this mess. If this is your prayer, you're in good company. Jonah's the story we're going to look at this morning, but this thing right here is full. It is full of stories of people who live their lives on level one who wound up living their lives alone and isolated, who were giving the bare minimum, craving adventure, and God every time rescues them from this pit of despair that we live in when we don't have a purpose through God. He rescues them and they, they, from the frustration, emptiness, and exhaustion. So we're going to look right here at the Bible at what God does to help us level up. First thing, chapter 3, verse 1, very first thing. Y'all listen, if you got your Bibles and you, you're one of the people who like to write in your Bibles, underline this. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. God has spoken to you all. You are here this morning because God has spoken to you and invited you to be a part of this. If you aren't listening to God, I want you to hear what kind of God we serve, right? Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. God speaks and he'll speak a second time. So word of the Lord. So first thing that you need to know if you're ready to level up is make sure you're spending some time with God so you can hear the word of the Lord. Level up. If, you're, if you don't have a devotion life right now, download the, Bi the Bible app on your phone. It'll give you a seven-day plan, and for seven days you can get up, and it'll give you a scripture to read, it'll give you a devotion to read, and it'll give you a prayer to pray. Level up by taking time to listen to the word of the Lord. And if you're like, Erica, I haven't, I have, I'm not going to, that's just not my thing. I'm not going to listen to God. I don't even know how to listen to God. You don't understand what my life's been like. I don't care. The word of the Lord came a second time. God desperately wants to speak to you so bad that he will come chasing you over and over and over again. He's looking for a way to speak to you. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh, God says. I'm going to give you a second chance. And I want you to proclaim to it the message that I give to you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and he went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city, probably like something like Tampa. It took three days to go all the way through it. it that's about probably what Tampa is. It takes you three days now to get across. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger, y'all. Um, but Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city. And he proclaimed the message that God said, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Y'all keep living like this. He says, in 40 days, this is going to be completely overthrown and changed. The Ninevites, listen to this, 
The Ninevites believed God. Do you, do you hear this? Jonah spoke. Jonah did what God said. And the people listened. The people listened. When jo- the Ninevites believed God, a fast was proclaimed. They stopped eating. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, the Horizon Kids Ministry all the way up to the Senior Citizen Ministry, all of them, put on sackcloth. They fasted and they repented of their ways. They're like, you're right, Jonah. Thank you for God sending you here to tell us this way that we were living our lives was causing us to to live our lives by ourselves. It was a bare minimum and we're all frustrated, exhausted, and give out. Let's keep going. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, so like the president, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. A king with a crown on his head, with a mighty royal robe around his shoulders, listened to Jonah. Jonah, a man who didn't do what God said, who had just been vomited out on the shore by a whale. He listened to him. He repented. He took off all of that stuff. And before God, he stood just as he was in sackcloth before God in the dust. And this is what he told the people of Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Y'all, we are so confused, we are so lost, and we are so desperate for something else. We've got to put a stop to the way we're living our lives and we've got to live different. But let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. This guy Jonah, he urgently called on God and God rescued him. We need rescue We need rescue, and it's time we do things differently. Let the people give up their evil ways and their violence. The king standing in a burlap sackcloth before them says, We can't keep living like this. Who knows, he says. Who knows, the king says. God may yet relent. This pain, this suffering, this desperation... This violence, this darkness, this evil, maybe God will see us and relent and with compassion, with compassion and love and grace and power, he will turn from fierce anger so that we will not perish. The king says, let's level up. Let's level up. Let's quit living our lives without God the good news and the kingdom he wants, let's level up and stop doing the bare minimum. And when, if you've got your Bibles or your thing, I want you to underline this, when God saw. God saw the people. He saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways. He relented and he did not bring on them the destruction that he threatened. Because when you're doing your bare minimum, God sees you. God Saul, if you are ready to level up, be exactly who you are in sackcloth and dust before our God. Quit hiding. If if you're struggling with an addiction or anxiety or depression, if you're struggling with with thoughts that are are, are taking over your mind, if you are a, a slave to fear 
and pain and greed and destruction stand before our God just as you are. I'm scared. I'm lonely. I'm worried. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. I'm empty. Stand before God. Take off all the other mess. Quit and, and just be honest about your bare minimum because what happens, how, how, do you let, how do you level up? You let God see you. You let God see you. And what happens in every single page that people let God see them just the way they are? Compassion. It's the word over and over and over in the Bible. God saw them with compassion because God looks at you in this world that we have that breaks you down. God sees you in this culture that tries to convince you that living a different way is going to free you up and it doesn't and it beats you up and you wind up exhausted and frustrated and desperate. God sees you with compassion and he wants something different from you. God saw. If you're ready to level up, let God see you just as you are. God sees you. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and he did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. I did not put chapter 4 in our um, thing. I'm just going to kind of, uh, uh, actually I'm just going to read it to you, even though it's not here. Trust me, this is straight from the Bible, okay? But to Jonah, (laughs) it's from right here. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. God sees them with compassion And this seems very wrong to Jonah. He becomes, he missed the purpose and he becomes angry, frustrated, exhausted. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are gracious and compassionate, God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, God, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. This is what happens. They start living out their purpose. He starts living out their purpose, and attack number three comes in. Attack number three becomes frustrated and and empty and exhausted. When you start doing good things, we live in a culture and in a world where things will attack that. You will find yourself frustrated, empty, and exhausted. God, that would have happened if I didn't follow you. God, why do you have compassion and mercy on these people? Why do you keep offering good things? They didn't work as hard as I did to get here. None of them were swallowed up by a whale and vomited out on sand, God. Why didn't you do that to them? And he finds himself sitting under a, 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 out in the middle of the field, angry and frustrated, Because people got something good. Because people received the compassion of God. Because people received the grace and goodness of God. So the the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? If you are ready to level up, you got to be able to listen to God. Who says, you might be acting a little childish. It might be time for you to grow up. Okay? Jonah had gone out and he sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, created by himself. See, goes right back to his other pattern. Starts living his life by himself. Sat in its shade and he waited to see what would happen to the city. And then, if you've got your, if you, if you got your Bibles, underline this. Then the Lord God provided. When you are frustrated, empty, and exhausted, if you are ready to level up, look at where God 
is providing things for you and for the world. And quit getting mad about it. If you don't want to live your life frustrated, empty, and exhausted, start opening your eyes to the provisions and blessings and goodness of God. Because I'm telling y'all, this is just in Jonah, but from page one to page a thousand, God provides for the people of God so that we may not live frustrated, angry, and exhausted, but so we may step into the purpose God has for us and for a world desperate for new life desperate for compassion, desperate for grace. If you are ready to level up, it's just really simple, guys. All of this, the word of the Lord, God speaks to us, God sees us, and God provides for us because he is a God of grace, unmerited favor, a gift we don't deserve. He offers it to every person in here, and he offers it to the world, and you you may be the people that God wants to use for this. Next week, Pastor Chris is going to finish out chapter 4, but I want y'all to hear I want y'all to hear me, okay? God did not rescue Jonah from the belly of a whale for him to sit under a handmade shelter and pout. That's not why God rescued him. God didn't rescue the people of Nineveh so they could just be happy in their lives. God rescues people so that we can rescue other people through his grace and goodness and with his message. Rescued people, listen, if you don't hear anything else I say today, I want you to hear this. Rescued people, people rescued by the grace and goodness of God offered to us through Jesus Christ. Rescued people, rescue people. I believe this with every cell in my body. Sitting under the oak trees at Monty Elementary School, I saw lunch buddies, adult lunch buddies, get paired with fourth and fifth graders who were struggling. And there was a woman who was a lunch buddy and a mentor in our group who lost her husband a few years ago. Absolutely and totally overcome by grief and pain a few years ago. Her friends, her family, people that she loved surrounded her and loved her as she grieved this. And you know what she did? She said, I can't live my life alone and upset forever. I've got to figure out what to do. So she signs up. She doesn't come to our church every Sunday, but she signs up to be a part of Lunch Buddies. And y'all want to know how our God works? Our God who, who hears, who speaks to us, who says, go try something a little bit outside of your comfort zone. God saw her, God spoke to her, and God provided for her. Y'all want to know what her Lunch Buddy? Her Lunch Buddy lost her seven-year-old sister a few years ago. That's who she was partnered with. I had no idea either of these stories. And the grace, the unmerited favor and gift of our God paired the two together and rescued people began to rescue one another. It was the most powerful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. So you can never ask me if I don't believe in the goodness and grace of God. You can never ask me if I don't believe that when you hear rescue in here, you aren't freed up to live as people who are offering that rescue to other people because rescue people, rescue people. The two of them are talking about how they can start a grief group at Sheremonte Elementary School for people who've lost their parents or siblings. That's powerful, y'all. Because this church believed that God's rescue is worth sending out into our world so that us rescued people could start to help other people be rescued. Amen. Amen. 
It is time. It is time for you to quit being a slave to fear and pain and depression. It is time to let God see you. It's time to listen to the word of God. And it is time to start trusting in the provision of our God who knows more and better than any of us do to accept his grace and offer it to a world desperate for it. Y'all, as I close today, I just want to tell you that I'm preaching this week at Warren Willis United Methodist Church Camp. I'll be preaching to about 120 high schoolers every night this week. Uh, worship starts at 8 o'clock p.m. And I'm going to trust you all. If you're, if you're like, I don't even know where to begin, this is what I want you to do. Set your alarm and every night at 8 o'clock will you pray? Will you begin to let God use you in that way at 8 o'clock? There are going to be teens who struggle with all kinds of things, sitting in seats desperate to, be, to hear from God. They're going to be desperate to be seen by God. They're going to be desperate to know God's grace and provision in their life. Will you pray that some way God uses this, this pastor, these country words that come out of my mouth, that God will use them to help teenagers experience the rescue they are desperate for. Will y'all pray for that with me? We're sending a couple of teens ourselves for that. And I pray, I pray that people will know rescue. This is my last invitation to all of you. If you, if you will pray for me, if you've been living sort of complacent, it's time to pray. And the second thing I want to ask you to do is if you've never made the decision, if you've never made the decision to hear from God, to be seen by God and to trust God's grace and power to provide for you. This morning, Chris and I are going to be standing at the back. Will you let us pray for you? Will you take your next step into faith? On August 26, we hope to have a baptism service, maybe even at Panorama. We're not going to be there permanently because we're going to worship for a while. But we're hoping to have a baptism service that day. Wouldn't it be powerful if you were the person who steps into those baptism waters because you trusted God to rescue you? And then you will be freed up for God to use you to rescue other people. We live in a world where people are tired and frustrated and anxious. They are desperate for the good news of Jesus. And your hands, your feet, your mouth, your life is ready to be used by God to shine light and ignite change. Can I get an amen? amen. Will you pray with me? God, I pray over these people this morning. For those who need to be seen by you, God, give them the courage to show up just as they are in front of you. For the people, God, who need to hear from you, speak a word of goodness over them. Help them to hear your voice speaking to them this morning. God, those who no longer believe that you are a God of provision and grace, God, make it real in their lives this morning. And most of all, God, I pray as we finish out this worship service, as we commun have communion together, as we, as we sing together, as we pray together, God, that you will use these rescued people to help you and your great rescue dream for the world. We love you and we thank you for loving us. Amen.